Hey guys, this is John and John in the mid-afternoon, and you're listening to We've Heard It Both Ways, a show where two best friends from downtown Cincinnati take you through some current events happening around the world and discuss some of these circumstances and how they might affect your daily life. Hey, John. Hey, John. How's it going? Pretty good. Happy good afternoon. I know you're really pleased about uh, the intro song that we chose. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, very you. <laughs> well, they used to play that before every swim meet. <clears throat> yeah, it was. Um, I think it's a, actually a good little beat yeah. intro us in. Um, so, John, let's do a quick introduction. Why yeah. don't you uh, tell me a little bit about yourself and what you're doing? Mm-hmm. So, my name's John Prophet. Um, currently, my day job is uh, working at an insurance company, which mm-hmm. is... <clears throat> quite thrilling solid nine to, to five to be honest oh yeah yeah you're loving that how old are you john i'm 26 okay um but right now um myself and uh you were in kind of and a couple other people we're friends with are in the process of hopefully launching this podcast and launching mm-hmm. a small media company mm-hmm. and this is going to be a part of it so um sure. you know i've uh, been born and raised in the city of cincinnati and mm-hmm. You know, excited to be here and glad uh, the listeners could join us. Yeah, right on. I think it's going to be a good talk. Do you want to uh, intro everyone to who you are? Yeah, sure. Uh, my name is also John, John Kleinhens. I'm a personal trainer at the Mercy Healthplex. So not necessarily the 9 to 5, more like the uh, 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. and then the 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. So a little it's bit brutal. Different. Yeah, it's a little bit tougher. Um, maintaining energy throughout all that. But at the same time, I don't have to stay at a desk. I don't have to sit. I get to move around. I get to interact with a lot of different people. So um, I like that a little bit better than staring at numbers and yeah, looking little, at a computer. A little more interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. So as you kind of uh, mm. reference in the intro, we're going to talk about kind of politics, current events, mm-hmm. uh, the kind of current culture going on in our country. Sure. and. You know, maybe mention a few hilarious anecdotes from our uh, everyday <laughs> life. Uh, I think people will enjoy it. Um, been a little while since I've seen you. How you doing? I've been doing pretty good. Yeah. I'm on vacation this week, which is awesome. Oh, and nice. That's why uh, I drank a beer first thing when I got here. Mm-hmm. So dr- I, I apologize if I burp it all day. I don't this. blame you. I'm drinking a beer right now, so it's fine. <laughs> I'm not on vacation, so... <laughs> Drink it on a Tuesday. That's right. Um, last couple of weeks have been brutal for me. Uh, a couple of the trainers left the Mercy Healthplex for various reasons. Mm-hmm. Moving, um, different jobs, stuff like that. But uh, I've been getting slammed. And um, had been planning this vacation to go to Florida, but the person who I was going to go with tore his ACL. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be tough to recover from. So you're saying he doesn't want to go to Florida with a torn ACL? <laughs> Honestly, it's like one of the best places to be with a torn ACL. So right. I don't see what the problem Just was. Just lay on the beach. Yeah, exactly. It's about the easiest thing you could do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess he wasn't interested in that. Probably got him out of the mood. Yeah. And maybe medical bills or something like that. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can imagine. I bet. Um, so um, just taking the week off. Uh, I'm that's moving. Nice. So that's that's pretty cool. I didn't know that. Where are you moving to? I'm moving into my girlfriend's house. Oh, mm-hmm. getting serious. It is. She lives um, on the west side, right? She does live on the west side. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I never go on the west side. I always get lost. Yeah, it's tough. And... Um, <laughs> Every I work on the east side, so everybody's saying the same thing. Like, oh my god! Like, yeah, make sure you got your safari hat. <laughs> you grew up on the west side, though. You'd be fine. Yeah, I grew up close to there, so I don't think it'll be much of a problem. Yeah. Um, but you, anyway, you plan anything besides uh, the move? Uh, yeah. Plan on va- for your vacation? Yeah. So not much of a vacation. I have a different company that I started. 
uh, probably a half year ago. It's called Clean Meals with a K. Mm-hmm. We do meal prepping for different people. So uh, just really healthy, fresh options. Kind of like, you know, something you could have in your freezer that you could just microwave and it would be, you know, ready to go in a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. But it's a very healthy option. Um, I do meal prepping for myself as a trainer. Um, and I started doing that for myself. Some other people were interested in the same thing. And so I started providing them meals. And just by word of mouth, it kind of grew organically from that. About how many customers would you say you have right now? Mm, not many. So probably mm-hmm. around 20 customers. Okay. But, you know, each one's ordering somewhere between anywhere from three to 10 meals a week. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're cooking for several hours every Sunday. And Yeah. Nice little listen, startup. Yeah. Another thing about the... Well, having a side hustle means you probably don't have any days off, and I'm sure I'm sure a lot of people our age understand what that's like. Oh yeah, and that's not fair to say. I bet a lot of people in general understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no hashtag no days off out there hustling. Yeah, I was informed by some high schoolers that that's a thing. Hashtag no days off. You're making yourself <laughs> sound old, Johnny. Sound old? Oh yeah. Yeah, I've heard I have an old soul, so <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> <clears throat> so you're doing stuff with that over the over your vacation? Yeah, working on the website, working oh, nice. on some new meals. We just got product and nutrition labels. So, um, being, what's your what's your favorite meal? Oof, man, that you offer chicken avocado, super good. Mm. Uh, if you don't know what poblano peppers, oh my are, god, avocado! <laughs> All the millennials' heads just exploded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, people are very excited about that one. I'm very excited about it. I'm sure. The, uh, the lean beef marinara is really good. The mm-hmm. girl that I'm dating is a phenomenal cook. Yeah. And honestly, none of this would be happening as well as it is if she wasn't so good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, there is something to making really healthy food actually taste good. Oh, yeah. That's kind of one of my shticks is that, especially with dieting, I don't really like the word dieting, but... That's everyone's complaint with healthy food yeah, is that it doesn't, is that 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 it doesn't, doesn't taste, taste so good. good. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, it doesn't taste like... Uh, pizza <laughs> sure i was gonna say like super fatty or like super starchy foods all the time you know you your body has to be reaccustomed to things that don't taste like just butter <laughs> or just sugar right mm-hmm. um but yeah hopefully we can help people get uh, a little bit more acclimated to a healthy lifestyle very cool mm-hmm. i had mm-hmm. a fun weekend my uh, girlfriend was a bridesmaid in a wedding awesome up in mount Ad- yeah, the ceremony is up in mount adams and- nice Yeah, it's really cool. You walk right out of the church and you just have a whole view of the river and the the Mm -hmm. whole skyline. Mm -hmm. Very cool. And uh, the reception was at a reception hall up in Oakley. Okay. Open bar. So I had a good time. I live pretty close to there, actually. Yeah. It's a cool little... It was like right in um, Mount Lookout Square, kind of. I'm surprised they didn't keep that party in Mount Adams. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was always an option, but that's Mm -hmm. just, I guess, what they decided on. So yeah, open bar. So it was a blast, uh, but... I left my coat there. Oh. And I still haven't gotten it back. And um, any hope? Going on, is it I'm hoping it. I'm getting it back. Uh, I got the the girl who got married. Her name was Hannah. I got the person who kind of ran the event's mm-hmm. number. Mm-hmm. Left a voicemail, so I'm hoping to hear back. It was not a cheap coat, so you know, I walk outside, I feel naked without Could it. Could always check uh, Plato's Closet or Goodwill next week and see if it's on the rack. Screw you. <laughs> you think you're funny? <laughs> These but. are just options. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it was a good weekend despite losing the coat and yeah, nice but, wedding. Oh yeah, it was it was real nice and the ceremony the uh, ceremony was nice and uh, the reception was a lot of fun. I was kind of bummed though they didn't st- you know people didn't stay quite as late. I was hoping I was hoping mm-hmm. to be there till like two in the morning and 
place is pretty much cleared out 12 12 30 what was the age of the like the crowd attending it was not as many i would say if you take away uh the people in the bri- the wedding party mm-hmm. the bridal party whatever they call it sure and the they're in their in their dates if <laughs> yeah. you take away those people i'd say maybe the remaining members of the wedding probably 75 percent above the age of 40 so it was an older crowd yeah. so that makes sense yeah. but i was yeah. still hoping the younger people would be there a little longer um, but I, it was know, a good time. To be though. fair, I've gone to friends' weddings, you know, our age, you know, mid twenties, mid later twenties, right? And uh, <laughs> it just doesn't seem to be the party scene anymore. Like after weddings, weddings yeah, it's mm. like yeah, you go to the reception and then it's kind of done. That's the only reason I go to weddings is to party. <laughs> but you know, it was a good time. And then of course, um, Sarah and I Ubered home on the way, and she made our Uber driver stop at Skyline. Being responsible, I like that. Oh yeah, obviously. There's no reason to. Drive drunk. <clears throat> you know, a lot of weddings do... Uh, what was that? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of uh, weddings have been doing like free Uber vouchers after. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, I've been to several weddings that have had that. That's I pretty cool. F- I felt bad for the guy, though, making making him stop at Skyline. <laughs> I was like, his entire car is going to smell like chili now. But hey, as long as nobody barfs, right? Chili barfs, right. <laughs> or spill chili. No, it was a good time. <clears throat> Anyways... I think we've got a couple topics we are interested. Yeah, there were a couple of things we wanted to discuss. Yeah, we, there's a couple of things going on in the world right now, or in, at least in the country, that mm-hmm. we're very interested mm-hmm. in. And, the first um, one, um, the inclusivity one, is yeah. is very interesting to me because at first I thought it was, seemed kind of like a ridiculous argument, hmm. or at least you know such a obvious discussion to have. Um, but it seemed like there were a lot of red flags popping up everywhere. And the more I heard about it, the more I heard different people talk about it, I was like, this can't honestly be the epidemic that it seems to be. It's bad. It is. It seems like, you know, a fire that's been lit in today's society. Mm. A lot of what I hear is that it's coming systematically from universities and from the humanities department, which kind of struck a chord with me because... You know, I was a uh, psychology major and a speech communication major. I also majored in psychology. Right, right, right. Now, we have similar backgrounds in that aspect, um, probably in a lot more aspects than we realize were, you know, similar, but, you know, different viewpoints on stuff, you know, like this. Right. Anyway, yeah, I thought it was very interesting. So, mm-hmm. inclusivity. Right. Where we're trying to designate ourselves into certain groups, mm-hmm. right? And it seems like, by definition... We have to be a certain thing or belong in a certain place. Mm-hmm. And if other, I feel like also people want their own individual groups, but if there's a group that they feel like they can't be a part of, that also upsets them. Right. It's a threat. It's mm-hmm. a threat. Right. Yes. Right? Threat's a good way to describe it. Yeah. And um, so as, as a white male, that's been... How you know, dare you? <laughs> well, that's been the group forever, right? And, <laughs> you know, the, the supremacist group forever. And because all of these other groups want to have a voice, they feel like when white males have a voice, that is preventing them from having a voice of their own. Agreed, yeah. Um, which, in historically, probably has been true mm-hmm. in a lot of instances. In cases. Right? Yeah. yeah but let, let's be completely honest. Males over the female gender, sure. You know, very prevalently... Overlording is not the right term, right? right. <laughs> but probably suppressing some, some of the advan- some advantages over history. Oh yeah, that I'd say that's an understatement. And now, you now we're seeing other groups. You know, uh, Asians during the World War, um, black people 
more recently, women as a is as a group, right? All of these things recently are coming forward, and they're saying, "Hey, we need this voice. We need to be heard." Um, you know, there are things that are being overlooked, and people need to be held responsible. And that's about as far as I agree with most social movements. Is hey, people need to be held responsible. Yes, that's it. You nailed it. Mm-hmm. But when you start saying you have to call me this, or you have to call me by this way, right. or you have to be doing these things, and mm-hmm. you have to be taking these things into consideration, you know, I, I just don't agree with that. You can't right. force people I, to think certain ways. I understand that totally. I think um, I'm very libertarian when it comes to this issue. Mm. You can form whatever group you want. You can um, choose to identify or want to be, you know, you know, call mm-hmm. yourself whatever you want, but when you start kind of imposing yourself on someone else, on someone else's life, and you're making it so you need to do this, you mm-hmm. need to do this mm-hmm. to make me feel the way I want to feel, mm-hmm. that's when it um, starts to bother me. Can you give me an instance of that? Um, I mean, I don't want to go direct. I mean, I'm having trouble thinking of some off the top of my head, so mm-hmm. I'm going to have to kind of go directly to the whole pronoun thing. Um, that's I don't an care. Easy one to talk about. I don't care what you want to, I didn't, and I don't want to, I think maybe at a later episode we could get more into the sure, sure. kind of focus really on, on this issue. Um, and I don't have a problem. You can call yourself whatever you want, mm-hmm. but don't mm-hmm. act like if I call you the wrong thing that I'm the asshole mm-hmm. because I'm not trying to be. I just don't necessarily maybe know off the top of my head mm-hmm. what you, you know, say, you know, go by or for so example. You, so are you saying that it's not fair to assume that you're a white supremacist because you won't call somebody by the preferred pronoun? I would say that's not that's fair. Not fair. And, okay. and, I, and I wouldn't even just for clarification. I, I wouldn't even it's definitely not fair considering it's you're using the term white supremacist. I would say it's also not fair if I call you by the wrong pronoun for you to say you're transphobic or something like that because Oh, well, I would just automatically assume that if you're transphobic, you're also a white supremacist. Oh, that's fair. Clearly, you're just a demonized person. Of course. At this point. Right, but there are differences. You can be uh, you could you can be transphobic and mm-hmm. not necessarily mm-hmm. be a white supremacist. Right. So um, obviously I'm taking things, you know, I'm exaggerating a little of bit. Of course. Here. But this is what I think we're seeing a lot of in today's society. Mm-hmm. Especially when fact checking is not as prevalent as it as it probably should be. Right. Right. Or now, the, or sometimes the fact checking isn't factual in nature. Yeah. Well, that's a great point, right? When somebody says yeah, I think these social movements are talked so so generally, right? And everybody likes to bring in personal experience. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, you're going to find instances of um, you know, people putting down on you all the time, right? I'm sure you've experienced that. I've experienced that. And there are things like this, you know, the, the, the storyline of people saying, hey, I was oppressed. Like, of course you were, Right. I, you know, when I was oppressed, uh, my mother got sick of me when I was homeschooled. I was in sixth grade. My mom, I have six brothers and a sister, but I was homeschooled and my mom was like, (laughs) she was like, yeah, I'm kind of sick of you, John. You're a brat. And I was like, yeah, I get that. that." So she sent me to a school and I was one of three white children in the entire place. Mm -hmm. Right. I didn't. That's a very different experience than most white people in this country have gone through. That's true. And you know. Um, it would be very easy for me to say like, oh, I was oppressed while I was there, um, which is true. I actually got in a couple of fights just because I was uh, a white kid. Or I don't even know if oppressed is the right word. It just kind of maybe discriminated against. Well, yeah. So I'm talking There's generally similar, because yeah. this is, I think, 
how people feel is oppressed, right? They feel victimized. Okay, yeah, yes. And um, I was a pretty good student at that school. Um, and I remember I got pulled out of the school in less than a semester because there was one day in the lunchroom where somebody just hit me right across the face. And um, they punched you? It was open hand, right? Okay. They slapped me, yeah. but about as hard as a kid could. Right. And, um, it was a guy? It was a guy, yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't do anything. You know, in sixth grade, I don't think I understood what, that I was being objectified because I was white. Mm-hmm. I grew up with six brothers, so I wasn't, I was used to physical altercations. I'm sure, right? yeah. <laughs> My family would choke each other, actually, because, you know, it wouldn't leave bruising or anything. I've seen <laughs> members of your family waterboard each other for, for, <laughs> for, fun. for fun. So I, so I, didn't, I, get under- it. I didn't understand racism at that age. Um, but yeah, definitely some version of being oppressed. Now, I'm not going to say like that left any scar on me. And right. I, don't, I don't resent anybody for doing that. But it, like I said, it's easy to find oppression in anybody. I've been oppressed. I'm sure you've been oppressed in certain instances. Yeah. But when that's all you're talking about is, hey, everybody's been oppressed and everybody deserves something for their oppression. It's like, well, one, how do you quantify it? How do you qualify the oppression and what should you get for it? That's completely subjective, and I don't think you can even assign anybody to determine what kind of um, resolution would be best, right? How do we know? Mm -hmm. I think um, a big part of it is that, uh, and it happens particularly on the left, um, people, you know, I think one of the biggest problems with uh, liberal and leftist, or I should say leftist politics is the focus on identity politics and a lot mm. of it is um dividing people into different groups and focusing on tribalism and different um mm. physical characteristics and kind of identifying it as groups as opposed to um kind of uh it's, it's a very anti-unification sure um and it, I think, and it seems like the more obscure your group, the cooler you are. Right. <laughs> it, it, or the the more... Well, it's all about victimhood. Hmm. So the more victim... The more quote-unquote victimized your group is, I think the more um, important you are and the more voice hmm. you have. Hmm. So if you're a transgendered gay black person sure you uh and you're and you're when you're a uh, like a woman mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you're going to be you're higher up on the so-called um victimhood yeah yeah the, yeah. Vi- the victimhood the uh uh you know the hierarchy of of intersectional intersectionality so would you say there's an assumption that somebody in that instance has more experience with being victimized and therefore deserves more of a voice than Say a white guy. I think that's what people. That's the assumption. I think that's what people who um, prescribed that thinking. That's what they. That's what they believe. Sure. But I don't think that's how it actually is. Hmm. I think if you. So if you're a lesbian, like you're just a lesbian woman, sure. mm-hmm. uh, you have more of a say in that in their beliefs, mm-hmm. uh, and um, then say like a, a white male. But if you're like, like I said, a black transgendered lesbian mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. something like that. You have more of a say and are more important and are more victimized than the just the plain old lesbian, mm-hmm, for example. Mm-hmm. And they have this hierarchy, and they really they really focus on it, and it's a, mm-hmm. a big thing. So it's almost like when you know it, it's a ways away now, but 
I think something that the Democrats really have to be concerned about is focusing too much on this hierarchy and too mm. much on identity politics when it comes to picking their candidate for 2020. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the activist class on the left, I really could see them being like, we need to pick the most, like the person highest up on the hierarchy. Like, mm-hmm. you, like we need to pick mm-hmm. like a black w- transgendered woman, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not someone who's most qualified, but because we need to pick someone who's the highest up on the hierarchy because that's so, the person so who is, is very the best to us. And, um, I'm not sure if I can pronounce his name right. Canadian Prime Minister. Um, Justin Trudeau. Yeah. So he's been criticized widely um, by by some more conservative folks because of, and this is going to really light the fire under some people, that he made half of his staff or half of his cabinet female. And he actually came under a lot of heat from that because he should have been looking for the most qualified people to help him through being that in that prime minister role. Agreed. Right? Now, I'm not a huge fan of Trump. I'll come out and say that. Right? I, 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 I know you don't. <laughs> and I'm, I'm being speaking very lightly about that topic just because I hate being represented by a Cheeto. Um, <laughs> but having said that... You, uh, is he a Cheeto or is he just covered in Cheeto dust? The debate's still out. <laughs> if I got... Oh, no, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> John, you can, say, you can say whatever you want on here. Say, if I got a bite of him, I might tell you. <laughs> Don't bite the president. Don't bite the president. That's got to be a felony. It probably is. It would be lightly. Anyway. Um, would it? Cheeto substance. <laughs> Trudeau has surrounded himself by... Yeah, I just buy you a bag of Cheetos if that's what you're looking for. Now I do kind of want one. But, <laughs> he, uh, you know, going straight to 50% female, um, the representation in Canadian government Mm. is not 50% male, 50% female. And so the reflection in his cabinet should probably be closer to what's the female representation in government and the male, right? Because it's not 50-50. And to just throw... Or what is the representation of their population? Okay. Well, you know, population is probably close, right? It might. It's probably well, closer I'm, to 50-50. I'm sure it is close. Um, and that's not to say that women are less capable of being in government. There just no. are less women in the government. And so right. they probably do not has ab- have as firm of an understanding as government as some of the other people who've been in those administrative roles for a longer time, right? And so that would indicate that, you know, his cabinet probably shouldn't have been 50-50 women. Okay, or women and men. But why is it? You know, why, because why he we, wanted when, women to be equally represented. Okay. Which is not the, necessarily the way to pick a cabinet. Not at all. You should be picking the most qualified people. Right. And so this is another thing about different group identities, right? <clears throat> and um, victimized roles in these is that they feel like there's so much difference between a white guy and a black transgendered female, Right. That there has to be. There's no other explanation for why their lives and their struggle would be so radically different, mm-hmm. right? They just have to be different people, and they must have very different viewpoints on everything. And right. So, and therefore, representation of both groups is very important. Mm-hmm. Well, if you look at variance between groups and in groups, right? Variance in a single group, especially if you look at males, right? Male variance is huge. Right? There are some medians, but on average, women stay closer to the center of the bell curve on almost every different variant scale, scale mm-hmm. and men tend to be more spread out. Right. So if you have a group of guys, no matter what, black yeah. guys, white guys, Hispanic guys, Just guys, Asian guys, yeah, any group of guys, you're going to have huge variance in the group, mm-hmm. right? 
And it's probably going to be more similar between groups overall if you took the average views of everybody, right. Right, except maybe the alt-left and the alt-right, and you compared them against each other, you're going to find that same variance in every group. And so it's a little ridiculous to assume that just because they're women, they're going to have such radical views that, you know, or views that are so much more radically different than what a group of man, men would have, mm. right? Regardless of ethnicity. And I think that's very interesting because I don't think people understand that concept of variance in groups. Now, it might not be that they don't understand it, they might just not know about it or be aware of it. That's true. They might not believe it either. Mm. Now, that's very possible. So, if we're going to speak candidly for a second, I'm, I mean, going, I'm going to speak. I candidly think we should speak candidly the whole time, <laughs> John. Okay, so um, I think when people think of government, they think of you know fat cats, all these rich white guys who've done nothing but sit in chairs and make decisions for people they don't understand. When I think of government, I think of incompetence. Okay, and that's completely fair, right? And honestly, everybody could um, benefit from a little role reversal from time to time. Right? That's what my girlfriend puts me through constantly. <laughs> okay, if you're a woman in this situation, what would you do? And then, you know, I might explain myself, and she'll explain why. How I think as a guy is different, and what women would think in that instance is different. And that's actually been very eye-opening for me. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't call myself a feminist by any means, but it is very interesting. Well, you probably call your, consider yourself a feminist um, by the traditional... By the actual definition of what feminism is, which is uh, men and women women should be treated equally. See, I I don't like I don't like how that's defined. Well, that's the actual. Well, because you know it's still men and women, and so this opens up a whole other discussion about. Well, when I say like when I refer when I say men and women should be treated Mm -hmm, equally, mm -hmm. I'm saying like if a man and a woman are doing the same job. And their like their pro- their productivity is the same. Yeah, they should be paid the same. Sure. I'm not saying like in all instances, men and women need to be treated equally. Like if I'm if there's a, a situation where like I don't know, go to the extreme. Like there's like a shooter. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I would like I would cover up my girlfriend mm-hmm. to try and protect her. I'm not saying fem- I'm a feminist. The woman should be like covering me as much as I cover her. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it like that. I'm just saying. I think there are, in, 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 in the right circumstances, and mm-hmm. in, in a lot of the uh, typical circumstance, circumstances, I think uh, men and women should be treated equally. Sure. But mm-hmm. it's interesting because uh, just recently Donald Trump was asked if he identified as a, as a feminist, and he said no. Hmm. Hmm. Why, what do you think are his reasons for saying so? I, well, I mean, I can't obviously read his mind, but <laughs> I, um, I have to hope that his reason to say no was... Because the the far left has really hijacked the radical feminist has really hijacked what feminism is hmm. or what they're or what they're making it into, and there's been several waves of feminism, and the most recent one is basically claiming that there are no differences between men and women, and if you say hmm. that the men and women are different in any way, then you're sexist, hmm. which obviously there are biological physiological psychological differences between men and women and a lot of times if you say that now they'll call you sexist they'll call you a bigot but it's a fact so i like when when the discussion turns to that end right the non-binary approach to this really comes up with raising children because our generation is too far indoctrinated quote unquote indoctrinated into binary roles of men and women Mm. right so when we talk about raising kids and about if we should introduce gender or not 
I think you have to look at evolution, right? And this, oh man, I got into a huge tizzy about this with my girlfriend. <laughs> we probably have at least one argument about feminism every week. And that for, doesn't surprise me. Well, for every guy out there who is dating a woman, I think you should have this discussion at least once a week and try to have a productive argument about it. Because I was raised with six brothers and one sister, and I have learned a lot about myself what and about point? circumstances that females are uh, they have to well, put up with, essentially. What argument are you saying that people should have? Okay, okay, yeah. So... Because if I, you look at this from an evolutionary my, standpoint... Because my, my girlfriend does not identify as herself as a feminist. Hmm, okay. Okay, yeah, so... So we um, would have trouble having an argument about fem- feminism, I think. Okay, okay. So the general oppression... Uh, I think that's the phrase commonly used by people in feminist groups, right? Hmm. Of the patriarchy in the United States, right? That's what my girlfriend argues for... And she brings up instances where things are harder just because you're a female. And what are some instances that she says are harder because you're a female? Okay. Um, so going to the bathroom. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's very easy for me. It depends uh, which kind of uh, trip you're taking to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I'm probably going to get um, chewed up for that comment later. Um, it was fun. So uh, she works at a uh, steakhouse, right? And, yeah, a very um, nice one. Yeah, yeah, very nice steakhouse. She makes more than I do being a waitress there, which I didn't know was a career job, but it is. Anyway. Work at the right place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she got the right place for sure. Anyway, constantly she's asked, uh, you know, if she can talk to the manager, if somebody can talk to the manager, and they ask, where is he, right? Like, she wouldn't be capable of being it. She's not the manager there, but the manager there is a female, Right, but they make the assumption that it was a guy, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of the power roles are assumed, and that's you know that's a very slight instance, but that's you know something where people assume the woman's probably not in the administrative, yeah, position. in the administrative role, yeah. And so it's very subtle, right? But when that happens to you a lot, or happens to you repeatedly over your life, you know that kind of sends some signals. All right, so let's you know other things where people are willing to say things to her that they probably wouldn't say to a guy, hmm. right? Like what? Or, okay, so like when men are making suggestions yeah. about the way they like to be served, okay. right? And they might be a little bit too close. They might be a little bit suggestive about what she's wearing or, you know, the kind of stance that she has when she's talking to them or even the tone that gets brought up a lot. And, um, yeah, it just seems like men are willing to be a little bit more forthright and demanding of a woman in that kind of situation. Maybe it's not that she's a woman, so they expect something. My whole thing is that it's possible that men and women just address people and talk to people differently. Mm -hmm. So it's maybe that she feels men are talking to her a way that is different than women would talk to her. Mm-hmm. But it's possible that if there was a male waiter mm-hmm. at serving that table, that the woman at that table and the male at that table would still both address that waiter in a different way. So it might sure. not necessarily be because she's a woman. Mm-hmm. It might be because of the two customers 
are male and women and male and female and are different from each other. So address yeah, waitress, I waiters. Think, I think dip. these instances that are more perturbing to her happen when it's one guy being served or I gotcha. two guys or a group of guys, right? But it's all guys and the waitress happens to be a female. I feel like men usually do behave worse when they're in a group. Kind of the yeah. pack mentality. Yeah, group mentality. No, I get that. Yep. Um, and, okay, so that's that's a very limited scope on the feminist movement, but that is things that she experiences on a daily basis. How does she th- propose that um, that be dealt with? Yeah. Okay, so she was she brought something up to me the other day, and this was actually probably one of our more productive conversations. Mm-hmm. Was that. And I, I, I want to rephrase argument that way because a real argument is not a fight. An argument is where you're bringing two disagreement. Opposing, yeah, you bring yeah. two opposing sides together to find out what the truth really is. Right. right. So, so we were having that kind of argument, mm-hmm. and um, it was very productive because she's telling me of an instance where this guy comes in with his wife, actually. So the circumstance that you were describing. Right. And um, the guy's staring at her breasts the entire time. Mm. The entire time. And he's not being nonchalant about it at all. And his wife doesn't say anything about it. And she didn't say anything about it. And the guy just continued his behavior the entire time. That's partly on the wife. Okay. So this is very interesting, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I said. I said... Okay, well, why didn't you say anything? She's like, well, I don't like to be confrontational with our customers. I understand Because that. they're usually higher-end people, and right. you know, we want to accommodate people as much as possible. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so you didn't hold them accountable. What about the wife? She's like, well, she may have noticed this, or maybe she's just oblivious and she's an idiot, which is completely possible. There's plenty of dumb people in the world. But... You know, maybe she's so used to this by him, his bad behavior that she's she given, thinks it's normal. Yeah, she's given up on it. And she just allows it. I'm like, okay. So I understand her though, uh, your girlfriend not mm-hmm. wanting to say anything because mm-hmm. um, her the what she makes is often de- yep yep depends on what the How customer thinks the customer. of you. Yeah, uh-huh. so uh-huh. it Completely. is tough. Um, I still think maybe just giving them one of these looks like, Hey, like my eyes are up, up here, here. <laughs> yeah. like would be appropriate. And if he wants to dock your tip based off that, I mean, he's a real shit bag, but okay. So let's look at this socially. This mm-hmm. man, right? This kind of a dick of a man is not being called out by the people, by the person he's doing it to. Mm. He's not being called out by the people that are close to him. So how does he know? He's not being called out by the environment or anybody around them. That's essentially positive reinforcement. Right. If nothing bad happened, this guy is assuming that he's not doing anything wrong. Right. Right. And so not just variance, but assertiveness. Women overall are not as assertive as men. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, if a woman was staring at my junk the entire time I was waiting on her, or the entire time I was training her, right, since I'm a trainer. I'd be like, hey. Yeah, I'd probably be like, excuse me, you need to focus on what we're doing, right? A little distracted? Yeah, exactly. I know I'm gifted, but. <laughs> yeah, I might crack a joke um, about her or something, but yeah. I'd probably be more willing to call, call him out on that. And, okay, so does this make it acceptable for the man to be behaving the way that he did? Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. And this brings us back to one of our first comments starting this episode was that responsibility is massive. You have to hold these people responsible. Got to hold them accountable. It might cost you a bit of your tip, right? Mm -hmm. For, you know, if if you're a waitress and you need to stand up to somebody, maybe. If your husband is acting like this to younger women when you go out with them, you need to do something about that. You as a woman have a responsibility to tell your man that he is messing up. 
And that is what I think feminism is really driving at. Mm-hmm. It's not, stop focusing on the oppression. Stop focusing on what everybody's doing wrong. Hold yourselves responsible, guys. Yeah, let's women. start focusing on yeah, solutions. women, hold your men responsible. What do we have to do to change this? Exactly. Not only will he treat people that you interact with better, he'll learn that, hey, my wife is a pretty formidable lady and she's going to call me out on my bullshit. Right. And maybe I need to be behaving mm-hmm. a little bit better. I could not agree more. I would also like to point out the fact a lot of the problem with the current um, radical feminism wave is that they say basically all men are like the guy that you were just describing, yeah. which is clearly not true. So then you have guys, I would say maybe this is part of the, I don't want to like put, you know, assume what you're thinking or sure, how sure. you feel, but I feel maybe there are guys like you who don't want to identify as a feminist and don't want to work more in that kind of realm because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of the things like that, that they're saying, like all guys are pigs and all guys are right. this. And it's just, I think it can be very standoffish for uh, right. guys who would like to get involved. Um, do, you, do you respect women? Of course. Okay. So when you hear things like that, right, or when when you are listening to feminist groups talk, you know, very grandly about men in general, mm-hmm. how does that make you feel? It. I mean, I. It makes me feel basically what I just said. Like that. It sucks that there are people like that. There are men like that. But I think you're going about this the wrong way, and I don't think you're help I don't think you're doing yourself any favors when you're making a lot of people who are actually want to be on your side pissed at you because of the way you're going about doing right. this. Right. It makes it very hard to be on the feminist side when they you know make all of these It, it does. And I feel like that's why Donald Trump for example was like I he well, his answer was like um paraphrasing but when they said are you a feminist he goes I don't know if I would go that far. Like mm-hmm. I think he mm-hmm. clearly has done some things that are sketchy as far as women go in the past, but I still think he would he would he would <laughs> make yeah he he's made some comments he's yeah. he's there's been some accusations, um, but I still think he would be more comfortable identifying mm-hmm. as a feminist if mm-hmm. uh, the current situation wasn't as it so is. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Um, you agree with me that men should be held responsible, right? What's the what's the proper responsible? Um, repercussion for for saying grab him by the pussy right um well i think it's a tough question it is a tough question. i think the proper you, you said what would be the proper response repercussion or? what's what, I, what should a repercussion be for saying hey just grab women by the pussy I if think, you're a celebrity well i think in his position the repercussion should have been that he that you didn't vote for him hmm. which that was a big that comment well there were a lot of reasons i'll have to we'll talk more about this later sure, but sure. i did not vote for donald trump in the 2016 election He's done a lot of things as president that I've actually really liked. Mm-hmm. He has um, made some good moves. And if he had campaigned the way he's actually governed, I think I probably would have voted for him. Mm. But he campaigned very differently, and I was very concerned about some of the things he was saying. And some, yeah. and, yeah. and um, but I, I mean, I think if that was a comment that really disturbed you, what he said. Uh, as far as grabbing by the pussy comment, I think you shouldn't have voted for him. And I think mm. there were some people who didn't, but I think there were also a lot of people who were like, I'm going to let it slide because the other option is not very good. Right, right. But I think that's, in his instance, I think that's what the repercussion should have probably been. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to bring it back a little bit yeah, sure. to the whole, um, the inclusivity part of the conversation oh, yeah. and talking about... Sure. Uh, the different groups and everything. It, it's funny. Um, uh, 
I really did like how you mentioned how a lot of it seems to be stemming from academia and the universities. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it really well, does. Especially having been in the humanities ourselves. Right. right? And, and I also, I went even further into academia. I don't mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. you went to grad school, right? Nope. So no. I, I got my, went and got my master's. I went to a second college and went further into my, my studies. And I feel like it just got even worse there. And, um, not this is obviously not a comparison to your situation in high school, I believe it was. Uh, but when I was in grad school, I was in a program of fifteen people, and I was the only, the only male. Yeah. And yep. I believe out of the all the professors, there were some that were te- basically teaching our cohort. Um, there were some males, but none of them were white. And that's indicative of the department that you're in, right? And it's I think it's also I think it's also psychology. indicative of. Just for, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, that's pretty accurate. Well, but I know I there do is some data that, out there about um, higher education that females in college and post-grad are definitely doing better right now. Mm-hmm. Men are dropping out like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think it's funny that you you bring up the whole uh, university aspect of it, because I really do mm-hmm. think a lot of this these issues are stemming from them. And I really feel like at this point, the universities have come become uh, almost fascistic and... The way they can conduct themselves, mm-hmm. and one one of the things I was kind of getting at, and one of the reasons I think they they've almost become they could become very fascist is mm-hmm. um, universities and academia are very highly dominated by liberals mm-hmm. and leftists, and that and um, they almost run unopposed. If you if you would survey, you know, just let's say you University of Cincinnati just mm-hmm. up the road, if you surveyed the, the the university, I think most of the professors would be liberal. Hmm. Or uh, leftists, and mm-hmm. um, you think that's permeating into the? I think it's affect- the student groups. I think it's affecting. I think, like you said earlier, people are being indoctrinated, and I think it's just it's also an outgrowth of our current culture. Sure. I think a lot of people on the left really have. Um, we're talking about these identity politics and these groups. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people on the left really have stopped caring about. Uh, being Americans and being a part of this country, and they sure. really cl- more want to identify with their specific identity group, hmm. and it's a really a big problem. And I think we talked earlier about how um, people want to be. We talked earlier about groups and how people uh, should be allowed to be in their own groups, kind of, and mm-hmm. how. Mm-hmm. So th- there's this article I recently saw, um, and I think you will probably have some strong feelings about this because you actually were the president and uh, founding father of. Uh, of a fraternity yeah, at, fraternity at, at your university. Yeah. And uh, so I recently saw this article that just, it kind of got me going. I'm just going to read from it a, okay. a little yeah, bit. Yeah, let's hear it. Uh, so Harvard is um, committing to banning single sex organizations, mm-hmm. um, but they're going to allow gender focused female groups to kind of continue for a while. So if you're all male group, it's not okay. But if you're an all female group, it's going to be allowed for now. Um, they're saying, as Harvard reaffirms its ban on single-sex organizations, female clubs will become gender-focused, while all male organizations will be slapped with sanctions. In May 2016, Harvard University banned single-sex clubs, stating such groups, quote, propagated exclusionary values 
and maintain forms of privilege. The ban, with, the ban which bars members of single-sex organizations from leadership positions, athletic teams, and scholarships targets all single-sex organizations from finals clubs to fraternities. Mm-hmm. While many at Harvard champion in the new policy as a necessary antidote to the campus's sexual assault problem, officers, others, excuse me, others were concerned about how the ban would impact single-sex female groups. Legions of female students protested across campus, uh, um, some of them even went to the student newspaper. They felt the ban was unfairly targeting their, quote, uh, safe spaces for women, yet hailed the ban's treatment of male organizations as rightfully addressing the role of exclusionary social organizations per- that are perpetuating outdated notions of elitism, classism, and exclusivity. So, you know, some of my questions about this are, do you have a problem with, uh, first off, isn't a little hypocritical for there to be allowed to be all female groups, but we're not okay with all male groups. And doesn't this kind of get to the point that we were, we were just talking about that? Um, well, you know, what, what do people have a problem with others forming groups of their own? Hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just curious of some of your thoughts on this. Yeah. So my first question is going to be that. Why? You know, why are they slapping these sanctions on people? Is this happening because of what they think of these male groups. Now, to clarify, if you're a female going to Harvard, if you're anybody going to Harvard, you're, you're privileged, you have some advantages, you might have worked your butt off, but you had something that most people didn't have, right? It could be ability, it could be intellect, but you've been dealt pretty good cards if you got to go to Harvard and you got to graduate from there, okay? So none of those people are victims to begin with. And to say that women there are being victimized by men, I don't know if that's fair because they're already doing pretty damn well. Probably better than most people in the United States. They're going to have opportunities. I mean, I'm sure there are women there who have been victims of, let's say, sexual assault or rape, mm-hmm. but that's mm-hmm. not what we're talking about here. We're just right. saying, you know, being not allowed into a male group because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's a fraternity yep. that only is guy, you know, allows yep. guys. Yep. There are sororities. You, you can be in a similar group. Why yep. do you need to... Be like, no, men can't have their own group. Right. So you have to look at the intent, the the supposed intent, right? So if you're a woman and you're looking at these male groups, especially at Harvard, there's probably some pretty powerful groups there, right? That are supported by previously successful individuals who have funded it. There's a lot of ties. There's a lot of advantages. There's a lot of relationships going into these groups. And that's what people are afraid of, right? If you look at any... I would say any radical feminist or any alt, alt-left, alt right, they're going to look at those groups and they're going to say those are evil. They're only looking out for themselves and no good can come from, from those. Okay? So let's, let's tie in this with a little personal experience. The reason that I was a founding president of a fraternity chapter was I was unsatisfied with what the fraternity chapters were doing on our campus. There was a traumatic instance in my, my past where... I felt abandoned by my friends, the people who I supposed were friends, and I really had to reevaluate some of my life decisions and realize, okay, maybe people on my swim team aren't real friends. They aren't going to be there for me when, when the chips are gone, right? When I'm down and out, when I'm literally dying in a bush. <laughs> are they going to help you out? They weren't helping me out, right? And so... Not, not the best of friends. <laughs> no, uh, not good friends at all. And so um, we started this group on the um, idea that we would have a fraternity group where everybody was there for each other, right? Honestly there for each other. Not, mm-hmm. not 
superfluously, right? Our relationships would mean something and that when we were in trouble, we would be there for each other, mm -hmm. right? The other thing was we wanted to find people from all different groups of campus. So I went to a college that was only about 3,000 students, so pretty small and yeah. pretty clicky, right? Each group was within themselves and they hung out with themselves and that was pretty much it. And you couldn't really go to different events, you know, parties, different social events, um, even events, right, where you'd be there to support people. It would be weird if you weren't a part of that group. And so what we did was we spread the message that we wanted somebody from every different group so that we could attend every different group's event, right? And we could be this socially permeable entity. Very, very inclusive. Yeah, that could, you could go to all of those places. But not girls. How dare you, Johnny? Well, yeah, okay, so our fraternity was just men. But if you're looking at a group of guys like that and saying, you know, why can't females be involved, I don't have the best argument against why they couldn't. Other than... My argument, yeah, so I don't mean to cut you off, my argument is you don't really need an argument for it. It's You should be able to form whatever mm -hmm. group you want to form. You don't have to hang out with people if you don't want to. Mm -hmm. They don't have to hang out with you if you don't want to. Mm -hmm. Um, that's what kind of makes this country so great. There's such a thing as freedom of association. Mm -hmm. If I want to form a group, uh, it's, that's called the John and John, you know, play poker group. And we <laughs> invite four of our best guy friends to play poker. We should be allowed to do that and not have to hang out with, with girls if mm -hmm. we don't want to. Sure. And they should be able to do their own thing. Anyone should be able to. And if you want to have a group that is, you know, a group of uh, several girls and several guys, and you mm -hmm. don't want a couple other people to hang out in it. Yeah. That's you should be allowed to. Freedom of association is a real thing. You sure you, this country is a one of the reasons this country is a great place is because you can't be forced to hang out with people you don't want to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's my whole thing is by the fraternity and you can oppose they should, things. The fraternity, the sorority, whatever they should be allowed to accept the people that they want to and hang right. out with the people they want to. Right. They don't need any other reason besides that. That's my whole. And they allow it. them like a fraternity and sorority group. Like if okay, say we did let females into a fraternity. Would they let them live in the houses with would, other guys? It, because then you have the uh, the worry of sexual assault. And right. They, I mean, that's why right. a lot some, of these some arguments... exclusions are safer. And a lot of these arguments right? that they make don't... The logic's not there for reasons exactly like that. Right. But it concerns me because it's not... It's really bad in the, the university now, system. I do have to defend fraternities for a second. Not to say that rape culture was so prevalent that if females were in the house, they would have been raped. Right. right? I'm not saying... Yeah. But... You know, you're giving it opportunities, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. So that's there are definitely precautions you can. Yeah, mm -hmm. even if a woman, yeah, it doesn't matter if a woman is staying in the house or not. She should never be raped. She should never be sexually assaulted. Not at all. But if a woman is sleeping in that house as a member of the organization, obviously there's more a likely of a, a likely chance than if she's not right. sleeping in the right. house. Right. In comparison to a sorority house, exactly, right, where they have their own thing. And it's really in like this whole idea is really bad, especially in the university system, like mm -hmm. we talked about. But it is seeping down into other mm -hmm. uh, aspects of the culture, especially in other education systems. I mean, I just saw the other day an elementary school in New York canceled their father-daughter dance because it excludes a young boys. Mm -hmm. Like, what is that? Like, why can't they have a mom-son mom dance? Like, they don't need to cancel that, that dance. And, I mean, you're canceling a mm -hmm. you know, father-daughter activity. Mm -hmm. you're, giving them, you're giving them free time. Mm -hmm. Like, why don't you just put drugs in these kids' hands? Like, this is not a good... <laughs> like, you're getting rid of some good things. What are they going to do in their free time? Like, I don't understand why these people can't be allowed to have a daughter-father dance. I mean... Yeah, celebrating the things that you are, right? Instead of preventing other people from being part of groups, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, hey, I can't be a part of that group. 
why can't we celebrate some of the things that you do have? Yeah. I think that's a big part of that. Because you don't have to be a part of every group. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and honestly, you're not going to be a part it's of it. It's very uncool to, to celebrate being a white person. <laughs> very uncool to do. But You don't like being a white person, Johnny? It's very uncool. <laughs> I feel very uncool right now. I don't know. I think, we're friends. I think you're pretty cool. All right, thanks. You're pretty cool too. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, I try. But, but to say that, right? Say, hey, I'm proud of being a white person. Yeah. What? <laughs> Excuse me. Um, go on, right? You're going to turn a lot of heads with that phrase. But See, I don't. I don't think... mind being proud of being white. I mean, I'm not like it's bad to be other colors, but I mean, right. I'm. I feel like any individual kid should be proud of who they are. Sure. It's not my fault I was born white. Right. And I'm proud of who I am. Mm-hmm. But I understand kind of what you're what you're getting at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, very interesting I mean, with that. Uh, some of the stuff going on in colleges and elementary schools, it's really getting to me. And I'm just at a point where it's like, when I have kids, if I have kids, I would be concerned about sending them, sending them to some places. We were actually talking about this earlier, how... You know, there are thousands of teachers across the country mm. who can no longer call their students boys or girls. Mm. Um, like, you can't say, all right, boys and girls, we're going to do some reading now. Yep. Because, I mean, I'm sorry, but the students in that class are boys and girls. Mm-hmm. Because biologically speaking, that those are the options. You're either a boy or you're a girl. Mm-hmm. So they're basically telling these teachers... And some people would have issue with what you just said. Some right. Some people argue that there are not genders and that that description of either one or the other is incorrect. I mean, you can get into a whole different argument about gender, mm-hmm. but if we're t- speaking scientifically and we're looking at biology and mm-hmm. evolution, mm-hmm. There, are, there, are, there are boys and there are girls. Sure. And that's a fact. I mean, X it's chromosomes and Y chromosomes. It, yeah, it's science. It's not, I mean, you can talk about gender and how there is, it's, it's a social construct. We can mm-hmm. get into that argument at another time and mm-hmm. talk about that another time, and I'm sure we will. But biologically speaking, there's guys and there are girls. Mm-hmm. There's boys and there's girls. And you're, when you tell a, stu- a teacher that they can't say that, you're basically saying you can't state the facts. You can't say what's mm-hmm. true. And sure. I have a big problem with that. Mm-hmm. It's like if you. You said, two, hey, students, two plus two is four. And all the students was like, well, that leaves out all the other numbers. So we're going to now say two plus two isn't four. Like, it, I, have a, I have a pretty big issue it's with it. It's four and possibly other things. And they're, exactly. And, and some and, variants it, of four. Yeah, and maybe other numbers are identifying as fours today. Yep, yep. But, but it, and it gets to, a, I mean, I even saw the one school we were talking about. They're, instead of saying students instead of boys and girls, they want them to call the students comrades. Yeah. Like, are we actively promoting Marxism and communism? <laughs> in our in our elementary schools because so I have concerns when with I this. read that I literally thought like that has to be a joke about us becoming like too communist it like, wasn't a joke it wasn't it's a real story and it makes me concerned like you were homeschooled for I'm a while I'm just hoping there's some Russian administrator there who like got that into the who's <laughs> yeah, like just laughing his butt off because he actually oh, got that statement out you there. would hope but I, I mean, would hope that there were le- like legitimate concerns of things that are Comrades, going on in schools friends like oh, that's such a funny word Sorry. you were I mean no you were homeschooled for a while and I'm telling you time. the home the homeschooling uh, movement is on the rise and it's because mm-hmm. people were pulling their mm-hmm. students their kids out of out of schools because of major concerns mm-hmm. we're both uh, pretty big fans of Jordan Peterson and I was listening to a podcast I can't remember exactly which one off the top of my head yeah. uh, it might have been Ruben Report or it might have been his own podcast okay he, uh, Jordan Peterson was talking about how um, 
a lot of students these days are really being indoctrinated in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And he said, mm-hmm. here's, these are some key, some key words, some buzzwords that you can look out for. If you hear teachers uh, consistently using these words to the students, this is a, a red flag for indoctrination. The words he said to look out for are, are equity, diversity, inclusivity, white privilege, and gender. Any of these are, mm-hmm. are, are mm-hmm. kind of a red flag that it's possible that leftist, liberal um, ideology is being pushed on these kids. Sure. And uh, as someone who, you know, I'm not even, I'm not really thinking about kids right now, but as someone who could have kids in maybe five, six, seven years, it's a concern, especially with the way, sure. we're, with the way we're going. Sure, because society tends to be trending in that direction, right? Right. It's seemingly. Now, whether or not there will be pushback from that is... Up for discussion. Yeah, so of those words, I think when I was younger, I heard diversity all the time. Right. All the time, right? We were just coming through, um, you know, a lot of issues with, uh, with uh, black people's rights, right? And they had supposedly triumphed and made all of these big advancements in society. And even so, we're still seeing society catch up with those changes, that have been socially made, right? Just because social agreement is there does not mean that society is able to adapt that quickly, mm-hmm. right? And so there has to be, and I'm not saying that this makes it okay, but you have to realize that it takes some time to catch up, right? Um, right. After the uh, after the abolition of slavery, mm-hmm. it took a while before. Uh, people in America actually started to look at black people as people. Right, right. Because um, for a long time, there's still segregation. It's not, oh, right. right? And it's not saying yep. it's right that there it takes There were still some, laws against them. Right. They it's, didn't not, have, it's not saying it's right that it takes society and the culture that long to catch up to yeah. the, to what is right. But uh, not at all. It, it and if we can find ways to speed it up, we need to do that. Okay. So, so we, need to only, we're, we're we also going, need to make sure we're, we're speeding getting, up in the right direction. We're getting direction. away from those buzzwords in classrooms. Yeah, yeah. So I heard diversity a lot when I was younger, mm-hmm. right? When I started going to school in high school. Um, so I was homeschooled until about, well, sixth grade. And that's when I had that instance where I was um, oppressed in a school where there were very few white children. And then I went to high school that started, it was seven through 12. And so I went straight to high school after that instance. And I heard diversity a lot. And the school that I went to was praised for how well it did in its diversification of students. And so is it fair to say that I was indoctrinated into a society that was much more focused on having very widespread diversity? Yes, absolutely. And because of that, I didn't realize... There's nothing wrong with being diverse. I think the problem would be... In my opinion, if they're accepting, uh, let's say, more diverse students into the school over people mm-hmm. who deserve to be in the school mm-hmm. more than them, simply because they are more diverse. Sure. And I can't speak to whether or not that was happening. In a high school, in you know, more of a local city environment, I have to imagine it probably wasn't as prevalent as maybe a college that's getting you know way more submission requests to, to attend. But... that was still based on something logical. It was saying, hey, uh, you know, the the differently colored student across from you is not so different than yourself. And diversity is okay because we're all human, 
right? Mm-hmm. But I, I think we can all agree on that. And so when I was younger, I didn't question it at all. Right. Now, when we take something like the non-binary issue to say, hey, this female across from you, oh, we're not going to use that word. This comrade across from you is more similar to you than different. I might be able to accept that. But to say that there's no difference between us and how we think is wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, the problem is before when you and I were younger, maybe in middle school and high school, diversity was an issue between ethnicities. And to say that we're more similar than different, right? And maybe that's true for gender also, but to ignore all differences is a problem. Because there are differences. Major differences, Yeah. right? On average- But it's gotten to a point where if you say there's a difference, that's sexist. You get attacked. Yeah. And that is a problem on free speech, Mm -hmm. right? It is. It's also a a problem with uh, reality because there are differences between men and women. Huge, huge. Women are more, or no, women are more organizational and they talk more, right? They just like to communicate on average more than men do. And then men are more industrious and yeah. have much more variance, mm-hmm. which is why I think there are more instances of men acting out. There are most sociopathic, more sociopathic men than women, right? Because there's more men in greater variance. And so we tend to do, make poor choices more often in general than women do. Mm-hmm. And testosterone is a hell of a drug. To quote Rick James, or maybe it was cocaine. <laughs> I think you mixed those up a little bit. Okay, but yeah, though there there's certainly differences, and it's and the whole ugh, the whole inclusion thing, like you know we for a while now we've been at LGBT, and then mm-hmm. we got we mm-hmm. added the Q. Yep. I just saw an mm-hmm. article how we want to move to LGBTQQICAPF2K. Mm-hmm. I'm never gonna remember all that. <laughs> I'm not gonna know what half of these things are. Just get your flashcards, yeah. add it into the one with I'm, all the pronouns. <laughs> exactly. Start studying, man. I, I got to add it into the pronoun flashcards. I mean, my whole problem with this is it's a slippery slope. We're basically, I think the left is, we're basically, they're, we're, they're trying to get to a point where we're saying gender is not a thing. Mm-hmm. That's like the ultimate goal. No one has a gender because if you have genders, it's just, it's going to leave someone out. Mm-hmm. And... And you know, I was. How long does that list have to get before we've got everybody? Exactly, that's my point. And I don't think mm-hmm. they'll ever be long enough. And, and that's the and that's the problem. It's a slippery slope. And my, I was fine with them. Like if you want, if you're a man, you want to say you're a woman. Mm-hmm. I don't care. It's your own life. Do what you want. If you're a, if you're a woman who wants to say you're a man, that's also fine. I don't care. Mm-hmm. It's your own life. But and I could say see that. Okay, you inside believe that you're a different sex. Mm-hmm. But when I heard of people identifying as mermaids and <laughs> and elfish woodland creatures and all these different things, I'm like, all right, I don't know if I'm buying this anymore. Yeah. Because if you actually think you're a cat and you're identifying as that, you have some mental issues. And we need to get you some help because right. you're not a cat. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. You're not. As um, much as you'd like to be. Yeah. Maybe in a previous life. Right. I can't speak to that. But right now, you're looking pretty human. Right. Do you want to move on to another topic? Yeah. Got a final um, Yeah, all I can say about that is kink is not a, I mean, it doesn't even seem like a sexual orientation, mm-hmm. let alone a gender option. Right. There's no, that's all preference. Mm-hmm. And there's no tangible evidence to preference. And I don't think there's um, any good validation to why that should be considered um, politically. Gotcha. I don't care what your kinks are. Mm-hmm. I really like my feet. Are you oppressing me for that? Probably not unless I bring it up. 
if you bring up how much right? you like your yeah, feet, how are you I'm going to know. So make- yeah, there has to be a certain point and um, yeah, there has to be a point to this because you can't include everybody. And so this was something that I was trying to get at earlier is hmm. I'm not going to address you as a member of the LGBTQT group. I'm going to address you as an individual. There's a K in there and, an, and there's also a number two. I don't know what that stands for. <laughs> I'm going to address you as a person right. first. And then as you divulge information about yourself to me and I do the same to you in a respectable manner, we'll come to an understanding of who the other one is. Mm-hmm. And you know whatever your preferences are sexually, if you choose to express those to me, I'll take into consideration. And based on our relationship, I'll either give you more respect and time and understanding or less. And it's mostly going to be on, are you being agreeable in this conversation? And are you interested in learning more about me and having some kind of respectable relationship? But I'm not interested in addressing you by the group that you're identifying with. That's probably the last thing I want to know about you. Right. Um, so I was thinking next we could talk about the Olympics. Sure. So the, about them? the Olympics are going on right now. Are they? I don't know if you're following. <laughs> I can name curling. Are you kidding? Oh, luge. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, speed skating. Is that a thing? Speed oh, skating. Is that a thing? Uh, there's figure skating, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, there's... Uh, I, there's snowboarding. I don't uh, know. Slopes. There's the pipe. But are there different types of snowboarding? Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Slopes okay. is like you're going down big ramps and then um, the pipe is, you know, the big the, big air trip. The point is, my point is, yeah. I'm not a big fan of the Olympics. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly less of a fan even of the Winter Olympics. Okay. Um, I think... And when and honestly, I probably wasn't gonna watch. So I can't really sound like a badass when I say this because I mm. probably wasn't gonna watch it anyways. Mm-hmm. But when I found out that North Korea was being allowed to participate in this year's Olympics, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not watching at all. Mm. I'm not gonna take any part in this. I really do think the Olympics are kind of a joke in a way. They mm. try to everyone acts tries to act uh, happy and diplomatic, but I really do think mm-hmm. a lot of the countries there actually hate each other, and I think it's kind of a farce. I think uh, a lot of the countries blow billions of dollars on arenas and mm-hmm. olympic villages and, and stuff that you know that they don't need when they could be actually spending that money to help their citizens i yep. think that would be much more important so that you know i think there's a lot of money that people uh, like the uh, there's organizations involved in the the olympics i think make a lot of money and a lot of it doesn't go to the athletes it goes to bureaucrats and sure. officials and you know overall i'm not a big fan of it okay um and sounds then, like sounds like you consider it to be big business. I mean, it like a big steaming pile of corruption. I, I do think it, and then a farce of like makeup put on top of a poop pile. That's exactly how I was going to describe <laughs> it. So it's funny though because the uh, the media is making a big deal out of this because of North Korea's involvement mm-hmm. and. Uh, so Mike, so Kim Jong Un is the yeah. leader of North Korea. Yeah, I don't know if you saw this, but his sister mm-hmm. was there for a few days, yep. representing them. Mm-hmm. And Mike Pence and uh, the sister were in the same uh, the same box. Mm-hmm. Mike Pence refused to stand for the North Korean national anthem. Mm-hmm. He refused to acknowledge the existence of Kim Jong Un's sister. Mm-hmm. And um, in the during throughout the process, Kim Jong Un's sister gave him a little side eye. And the media are basically 
they can't stop talking about how great his sister is and how horrible Mike Pence is. Mm. And uh, it's it's a little disgusting to me, honestly. Well, not let, especially me, let me considering... ask a very easy question. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, a very easy question to ask. Why do you think Pence responded or acted that way? I think he responded that way because North Korea is clearly an opponent of the United States. I think the media and the left are so against Donald Trump and Mike Pence, they are willing to go out of their way to praise uh, the evil, oppressive regime that is North Korea. And, and I think when the media does this, I really do think, um, and when liberals in the media do this, I really think they come off as anti-American and pro-North Korea. I really don't think it's a good look um, especially considering some of the things going on in North Korea. Um, North Korea still has concentration camps. They, uh, in the last, over the last couple of decades, over 3 million people uh, have died of starvation in that country. Uh, the, regime, the regime will murder you if you don't do exactly what they say. I mean, I think it's a very bad place, and I think they are a, a clear and present danger to the United States. I think they're an enemy of ours. And I think Mike Pence didn't stand because of, for that reason. I think also you have to remember Otto Warmbier, who is actually a friend of both of ours. Yep. Uh, Otto and I went to high school together and, uh, he was on, we were on the same, the same summer club swim team together. And I actually coached him on that team, uh, for a while. And you know, in a minute you can get into your relationship with Otto as well. Sure. Um, in that box where he refused, Mike Pence refused to stand, and she refused to shake hands, acknowledge uh, the sister of mm-hmm. the evil dictator of North Korea. Um, Otto Warmbier's dad was in that box with him. He was sitting there. He was he was Mike Pence's guest, and I think there were you know a lot of those. There was a lot of reasons for him to not. Um, Do you know Mr. Warmbier's first name? Uh, Fred, I think. Fred. Fred is an amazing human being, first of all. I cannot believe the poise that he has had. I can't imagine the feelings that I would have being in a box with the sister of the dictator responsible for the treatment of my son that essentially got him murdered. In whatever sense you want to take that in. Um, they killed him. They killed Otto Warmbier. Um, I, don't, I don't care if it was an accident. I don't, it, in the treatment of their legal system, he died. They returned him to the United States in a coma, and he shortly thereafter died. And they think it was because of lack of oxygen to the brain. And that was the official autopsy report. Or not autopsy report, because the parents didn't allow that. But that was the assumption made by the medical doctors in the U.S., and I forget what hospital they took him to. Oh, my God. I would be so furious if i had to be anywhere near anyone who might even be associated with responsibility for that happening to my child i can't imagine and for a guy who's repeatedly said that he's just trying to put this behind him that their family has to move on and prosper further and remember joyously who their son was he's a better person than i am I have very fond memories of Otto, of coaching with him, and him being on a swim team with us together. He competed along our side and coached some of the younger kids. And I can't believe how rudely he was represented in mass media. I remember hearing the reports and reading things online and literally crying to myself, reading my computer and the comments that people had to make and the assumptions they were making, that he was just this white, privileged Mm -hmm 
uh, rich kid who didn't think of the rules. I don't know why he took the poster. I don't know why. But you don't. We don't even actually know that he actually stole that poster. It's possible he was just arrested leaving the airport, and they forced him to record that video and to act that out. Yeah. So and, having and known I, him I, personally for years, I can definitely say that the admission film that I saw was not Otto's character whatsoever. It was a complete sham farce, and I don't blame Otto for having been a bad actor, especially under the circumstances. But that was not him. Yeah, and it's it just like you you mentioned. You point out. I mean, it was how it was so awful the way that you know when this originally happened, they portrayed Otto. I remember, I remember seeing, I, I remember seeing pictures of Otto mm-hmm. and the headline under it being Otto Warmbier, the face of white privilege. This is the same kind of thing that's happening now that the Olympics is going on. The the, the left media that's happening is happening to Pence exactly for not standing. And um, there were I saw an article mentioning Otto's dad. The headline was with Otto's dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it? Um, I think I might have it here. Um, Man doesn't deserve to be angry for country killing his son. I, I don't have it off. The, I don't have it off the off the top of my head, but it was something along the lines of uh, Fred Warmbier disrespects the um, the teams, the spirit of North team spirit of North Korea. Something along those lines. Completely absurd, obviously. I mean, the the same thing is happening now that happened when the Otto was first arrested. Um, if this had been a black American arrested over there, a lot of these people in the in the mainstream media would be saying completely different things, which is really sad to me. Um, I, okay, so was, here's, here's the was, rebuttal. This is interesting. Hmm. The rebuttal is that if it had been a person of color, nothing would have been said at all. Otto was not the first person captured, first American to be kept by North Korea. Hmm. Now, I don't know if the other people are alive or dead, but I know that there are a few other individuals there who, still are a few alive. who still are there, there yeah. and are still are captive. Now, the condition of them, I don't know, and I don't know if they've been reported. I know there is a black man who was taken... By that country and is either still in custody or is you know in whatever hellhole they have him right in. i pray to god that man's okay see if he's yeah who knows if he's even alive still but that's the rebuttal it's true that, they would probably that is where you see a lot of the the bias in the mainstream media is, is that, that they just, just don't hear they don't it. report it and that's a problem too because mm-hmm. the things that we don't report are things that people need to be held responsible for but why is mass media talking about some of these things and not others yeah just to bring up the point that yeah when Otto just to emphasize how cruel this regime was you yep. mentioned on some of yep. the things how, how horribly Otto is treated I saw that they had rearranged some of his teeth um, like you said I mean he was it was almost like when he got off the, the, the plane he was in a coma but he was still in a state of agony almost like the way his face looked he was uh, taken to University of Cincinnati Hospital okay. and he did, yep. he did die a couple days after here are some of the um, some of the headlines in the mainstream media that I've read recently. Uh, Kim Jong Un's sister is stealing the show. North Korea cheerleaders steal spotlight. Um, North Korea cheer squad is too much of a presence for even the skaters to n- uh, not notice. Um, if if a diplomatic dance was an Olympic sport, Kim Jong Un's sister, Kim Jong uh, Joe, I think is her name, something like that, Kim Jong Un's sister would would win the gold. I mean, it, the, the the praise for them. They were upset that uh, one of the can big... we get the kids group that uh, cheered for Trump during his campaign? Exactly, exactly. One of the biggest complaints was that Mike, like I said, Mike Pence didn't stand yeah. for the North Korea national anthem. Yep, they're criticizing. Think about this. They're criticizing Mike Pence for not standing for the North Korean national anthem. So, so, so Pence, apparently, was Pence a proponent, or was he against um, NFL players standing for the uh, national anthem? I think most people who would identify politically as Mike Pence 
uh, were probably against it, which was my next point. Right, right. So apparently, according to this, a lot of left left media, if you you're a civil rights hero or icon, mm-hmm. if you kneel for the United States national anthem, but if you refuse to stand for the national anthem of a corrupt evil oppressive dictatorship mm-hmm. who murders americans including mm-hmm. our friend if you don't stand for their national anthem mm-hmm. you're a bad person i mean what is this saying so about our mainstream the, media the, the two sides of this are is he being a hypocrite because he wanted nfl players to stand for our national anthem i think there's a difference for, okay yeah, he's, so the, it's, so he's not that's, that's there's a difference between to. not standing for your mm-hmm. own national anthem and there's or and versus another country's national anthem sure not to forget the fact that this isn't just a country mm-hmm. this is the most evil horrible country in the entire world and well this goes back to our earlier conversation earlier part of our conversation about some people are so focused on the different groups that they belong to in the united states that they do not support the united states as a whole they don't think that we are representing them right they don't think the u.s represents them they think the government is oppressive to them and so they see the united states the way Mike Pence, maybe the way Mike Pence sees North Korea, and that and people who think that are out of their minds. Right, the United so there's States drastic contrast there, but the I United think States, that's, I think that line is being blurred, and I think that's something that people need to consider. Yeah, maybe the United States isn't as bad as you think. Uh, obviously, I mean, <laughs> people. There, I mean, North Korea is essentially a twenty million person uh, concentration slave camp. Yeah, the United States. That place is, the United States has Abysmal. the United States is the f- uh, freest country on the planet. I mean, it's the greatest s- civilization in the history of the world. If you look mm. at even the poorest people in this country, a lot of them have iPhones. Mm. A lot of them have TVs. A lot of them have internet access. Mm-hmm. I mean, trying to compare, look at the map of North Korea and South Korea at night. North Korea is completely black. South Korea is all lit up. They don't even have electricity there. A lot of their people are eating dirt. Mm. There are obviously some issues in the United States. There are some issues we can address. But I still believe this is the greatest country on the planet, and mm-hmm. I can list a lot of reasons why. And uh, I still think North Korea is the worst country on the planet. Yep. And uh, I don't think the media are in touch at all when it comes to them talking about, you know, standing for or kneeling for the North Korean national anthem versus yep. our own, especially when, um, you know, it's it's different, especially when the players who are kneeling. Are American citizens, and Mike yeah. Pence is not even a citizen of North Korea. Yeah. Not to mention how horrible North Korea actually is. Right, right. I'm I'm on the page with you 100% on that. Uh, I just want to give some clarification between right, you know, how people are viewing the United States when they don't stand versus this man actually opposing a horrendous force and mm-hmm. government, right. dictatorship, slavery, right? Yeah, starvation of millions of people, mm-hmm. a genocide of their own people. Yeah. Um, you know, one on of the, a scale that we might never even realize, right? right? We, I mean, it's hard to see even what's going on in there. A lot of times, uh, they made it. They did make a big deal about how the a lot of the uh, like NBC and MSNBC mm. and CNN. They made a lot of a big deal of how great the uh, North Korean cheerleaders were, how how good they were, and how in unison they were. It's like, of course they were good. Of course they were in unison. If they screwed up on that world stage, their family members back home would be murdered. <laughs> and it's just like. What are these people talking about? Yeah. It just blows my mind. Um, and they tried, they did, they posted, they tried to uh, sneak in. There were some articles where they tried to sneak in that uh, they were, that, um, during the South Korean anthem, the um, national anthem, the uh, Kim Jong-un's sister, she stood up and 
they were like they were like oh, there were applause like they were trying to make it look like they were cheering for her mm-hmm. um, and like cheering for unity it's like no they were cheering for their national anthem because it had just played yeah so I mean it, it's it kind of blows my mind some of the stuff that they're trying to sneak by the the people so what are the reasons for mass media trying to do that are they trying to fool us into believing that we are becoming a more unified world they I think well I mentioned this before yeah um, I think uh one of the, the the I think the media really and the left really are so against Donald Trump and Mike Pence. Um, it's almost like the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So when they see Mike Pence, someone who they really really don't like, mm-hmm. and some Donald Trump, someone they really really don't like, when they see them like oppose the, like up against those people, they take the other person's side because mm-hmm. they don't like Donald Trump and Mike Pence. But right. it's like, do you realize whose side you're taking? Like North Korea and America, mm-hmm. they're compl- the, like the the differences in those countries of how good ours is compared to how bad theirs is is mm-hmm. astronomical. And the fact that they would take their sides just over political differences, it blows my mind. Um, yeah, I, I'm almost speechless. Seriously, it's crazy. So the lion tamer mm-hmm. is better friends with the lion than the person who runs the circus. <laughs> Until the lion eats them. Yeah. Until the lion the eats them. And the rest of the circus. And the rest of everyone. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the South Korean people were not very happy. Who's the person who runs a circus? There's got to be a name for that. A name for it? Oh, it's not the conductor, is it? Can't be. I've never been in the circus. <laughs> They're oh. ending the circus, aren't they? It's not. Mm, I don't know. <clears throat> anyway. Yeah, it's nuts, dude. All right. So, I do want to just, mm-hmm. if anybody out there knows the Warm Beer family, just extend them some more love. They had to put up with something that I don't think any family should have to put up with, especially having lost somebody and then having to deal with the social ramifications. Uh, my condolences go out to them. I was furious and very impressed with how uh, Mr. Warm Beer handled himself. Yeah, he, the whole family. Um, there, you know, there was very moving seeing them at the State of the Union. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know how a family could go through something. I mean, just losing a a child in any way is is horrendous, and then in this way, mm-hmm. I can't even imagine. Um, if you want to, yeah. All right. <clears throat> well, dude, it was uh, good hanging out with you. It was good talking. I think it was a good, uh, you know, I'm glad the first episode's in the books. Yeah. Got the audio working. Yeah. <laughs> well, took a couple couple tries. But, it was a good uh, conversation. I liked where some of these conversations went. Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't exactly what we had planned, but I think we discussed some pretty important things happening. Yeah. And uh, hopefully we gave every, every uh, listener some good things to consider and uh, hopefully talk about with their girlfriends. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so I think we're planning on one episode a week, and um, you Come know, back we, at it. Yep, next we'll, week with we'll, some fresh material. We'll be back at it next week, and cool. uh, I'm really looking forward to it. So thanks for stopping by, Johnny. Yep, no problem, John. Glad to be here. All right, guys, thanks. <laughs>